0: What's going on, everybody? This is Cody Felger here, and I kind of want to do something a little bit different today. Um, I kind of wanted to look at and make my list, looking back now in the 2019 season, making my list of the top three players who I think overperformed and the top three players who I think underperformed. So to qualify for this, it basically is on expectations. So the expectations that I had, that the national media had, the local media had on some of these players – whether that be low expectations and they exceeded those expectations, which would be overperformed or whether they had higher expectations they didn't come close to meeting those expectations, um, which would be underperformed. And so that's kind of where I want to start. And that's what I want to do today. And I kind of want to start on a positive note. I always like to be on a positive note. So I want to start with my overperformers. Uh, so guys who came into the season with not a lot of expectations, um, but really did a lot of good things, um, and really proved a lot of the doubters wrong in in this season, in 2019. And so um, I wanted to start – I'll start with my number three. Uh, my number three has to be Zach Paschal. And this is a guy who a lot of fans and even some of the media were kind of saying, is this guy going to make it through training camp? I mean the Colts, it seemed, were really loaded at receiver and training camp and so – Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about Reese Fountain, a lot of talk about Dion Kane, but there really wasn't a lot of talk about Pascal and people were kind of like, well, shoot, are the Colts going to get rid of Pascal? I mean, he had a decent first season with the Colts, but now, you know, is he going to continue to be on this team for the future? And so, um, in 2019, it was obviously it was a roller coaster ride with Andrew Luck retiring a couple weeks before the season started. Jacoby Rissette coming in, taking the reins. Uh, the Colts not really having a good passing offense. I believe they were 30th in the league. Um, and so I think a lot of a lot of people kind of look at this Colts offense and, and can kind of say, especially the passing offense, and say there was really no redeeming qualities about this passing offense. Uh, but I think one of those guys is Zach Pascal, a guy that a lot of people didn't talk about. I think he quietly had a pretty good season, a pretty good second year with the Colts. Um, He did a lot of good things. Obviously, injuries factored into that with T.Y. Hilton being injured, Paris Campbell being injured, and then obviously Devin Funchess being injured as well. Um, It kind of opened the door for Pascal. And I believe that Pascal did a lot of good things. He took a lot of good steps in his second season, especially um, with the situation at quarterback not being how we thought it was going to be going into 2019. And so all in all, I thought Pascal did really good. Um, we always knew he was a good run blocker. We always knew he was pretty good at special teams. And now I think he solidified himself a real legitimate spot on this roster and a really – Took the next step forward as far as re- being a receiver in this league, and so um, I liked a lot of things I saw from Pascal. That's why he makes the number three for me for the overperformers, and my number two has to be one of the rookies, uh, third round pick out of Stanford, Bobby Okereke, and this is a guy coming in uh, that people were legitimately asking, is this guy? Could this guy take the middle linebacker position from Anthony Walker? I know there was kind of this battle in between Walker and Okariki uh, throughout training camp, but Okariki eventually settled into that Sam linebacker position. Um, I remember when I was down at training camp, Okariki said, I can play all three positions. Whatever the coaches need for me, I can do it, and he certainly did. He played that Sam position and uh, started a lot of games, and he saw the field a lot. Um, he did a lot of good things as a rookie. Um you know when you typically think of a mid round third round pick you don't automatically think of a guy who you know comes in and is an immediate, immediate starter and impact player. But Okariki was definitely that. Um, he definitely did a lot of good things. And I think the Colts' linebacking core is in a really good position moving forward. Obviously, with Darius Leonard, who has now you know, been an all pro for two years, uh, Anthony Walker, who's been solid, and now Okariki, it makes a good trio of linebackers, good young trio of linebackers um, for the near future. And even, you know, Walker's going to be a free agent very soon. You know, do the Colts decide to let Walker? Leave and test free agency, and do they potentially see Okariki at that middle linebacker position? That will be seen, but you know, one thing is for certain the Colts are in good hands with Darius Leonard and Bobby Okariki, as he had a really good rookie season and looks to be a really good linebacker in this league. Um, And for me, number one, another rookie, I think this is unquestionable for me. It was undoubtedly Kari Willis. I mean, Kari Willis came in as a fourth-round pick. I mean, when I initially saw that the Colts drafted Kari Willis, I thought, okay, this guy's going to be a backup probably. He's probably going to play special teams a lot. Not really going to have a lot of impact in year one. You know, maybe down the line in a couple years, he'll challenge for the starting safety spot somewhere. Um, But, man, he really proved me wrong, and I'm really happy that he did. I mean, Willis came in, and he just really – you took that strong safety position away from Clayton Gathers and established himself as one of one of the best rookies in the league, one of the best rookie safeties in the league, um, coming in year one. And you know it looks like the Colts have a, a good pair of, of safeties now with Malik Hooker and now Will Willis coming in and, and really performing really well. Um, Especially for where he was drafted. Again, you know, like going back to Okariki, when you think of a fourth round pick, you don't immediately think of a guy that comes in and does what Kari Willis did. But he really did a lot of good things. um, And the Colts, I I believe the Colts really are are high on him. They should be. Really good player. And he should be a good safety for a long, long time. Uh, So those are my top three overperformers for 2019. Um, Again, I could have added a few more guys to this list, but. Those are my top three. Um, and now I want to go to the underperformers. Obviously, the Colts didn't finish with a winning record, so there's probably going to be more underperformers than overperformers in this season. Um, and there really could have been five, six players on this list, honestly. Um, but I just stuck with three. And I'll start with three. And I put this guy on the list not because I don't think he was good, but I think the kind of the expectations that were placed on him, um, he, it just didn't pan out in 2019, and it wasn't his fault. Uh, that's Paris Campbell. And the reason why you know he didn't meet expectations is because he just wasn't on the field a lot. Um, you know when he was on the field, he showed a lot of flashes. He showed a lot of ability. He showed that blue chip talent that Chris Ballard has been talking about in, in terms of speed. I mean, when he had the ball in his hands, Paris Campbell was a dangerous player, and we saw that in a few games when he was healthy. Um, and when he got the ball in his hands, I mean, he could he could run. He was the fastest receiver in the draft for a reason. Um, And so the big thing with him is just durability. You know, can he play 16 games? And that'll be something moving forward. I think the expectations that were placed on Paris Campbell was he was going to come in and he was going to be an impact player right away and that he was going to solidify and potentially be that number two, number three receiver right away. Um, and it just didn't happen in 2019, and it wasn't really Campbell's fault. It was just a lot of weird injuries that happened in that 2019 season. and So he hopefully he gets his body right. Hopefully he does what he needs to do to avoid injuries in the future. But that's why he makes the number three for me on that list for the underperformers. Um, and the number two for me – and this one really stinks because I'm a big fan of this guy. Ever always was a fan of Quincy Wilson when he was drafted by the Colts in 2017. Um, I thought that he had the potential to be a number one corner in this league. I thought that you know he, he was really treated unfairly in that 2017 season when he was drafted. I mean, I it was an abysmal abysmal season all around. The Colts only won four games. Uh, they were terrible on both sides of the, of the ball, and Wilson really wasn't seeing the field. It was so confusing, like okay, you don't really have a lot of talent anywhere. Why don't you play your second rounder and give him some reps, some live reps? And so it was really puzzling. Didn't feel like he got a fair shake there. Um, But he comes in in 2018. And kind of has a rough start to 2018. And then he starts resurging at the end of the season. Obviously, he credits Mike Mitchell for helping him a lot. And then Mitchell's not brought back by the Colts in 2019. And, you know, Wilson starts out pretty good. I remember he was battling Rocky Asin for that number three corner position throughout training camp, was really holding his own, looking pretty good. Um, And and I even remember in that Kansas City game uh, when the Colts upset the Chiefs, uh, he he, he was assigned with guarding probably the best tight end in football, Travis Kelsey, and he did a phenomenal job on Kelsey. And then for whatever reason, he just kind of didn't see the field anymore. And I think Chris Ballard kind of – he he talked about it um, in his presser at the end of the year. He kind of talked about, well, Wilson doesn't play special teams. So, you know, when some of our guys got back and got healthy, he just didn't see the field. And so I know that his confidence, uh, Wilson's confidence, it seemed, was kind of wavering and stuff like that. Um, that's kind of how his, his three-year career has been with the Colts. It's been up and down and up and down. He's been confident, and then he's not been confident at all. And so something's got to change for Wilson. And Ballard has talked about it. He said he had a really long conversation with Wilson after the season, and basically told him this is a big year for you. You got to do some things. You got to step it up. Um, and Wilson knows that, and hopefully he can do whatever he needs to do um, in order to do that. And so, um, you know, based on kind of what I was hoping, what we saw from Quincy Wilson at the end of 2018. Uh, he just didn't live up to those expectations. That's why I have him at number two for me. For number one, this is undoubtedly for me. This is a guy that I placed high expectations on, and he didn't even come close. He didn't even sniff what I thought he could do, and that's Danico Autry. And it's really unfortunate. I and mean, You can go back and listen. Um, in the summer last year, the summer of 2019, uh, I was really praising Autry a lot. I mean he had nine sacks, and I think that – I thought that he, he could potentially – you know, okay, he had nine sacks. He didn't play all 16 games. This is the year that Autry could potentially be double digits, you know, all, you know, Pro Bowl type player. And it just didn't work out. I mean, he, he I wouldn't say he had a bad season, but based on the expectations that I had of him, I thought that Nico Autry completely. Um, was completely underperforming for the Colts. I believe he only had three and a half sacks. And so a far, far cry from where I thought he could have been and where I thought, based on my expectations, he should have been. So he's my number one there. I mean, obviously I could have placed other guys on this list, and I would love to hear your guys' takes on who you would put in the overperform or underperform category. Um, But these are kind of my guys. There could be a lot of guys that could be 3A, 3B on both sides of the coin, but those are just my three guys. So, who are some of your guys who you think are overperformers or underperformers? I'd love to hear in the comments section. But that's all for this podcast, guys. I appreciate you as always, and go, Colts.